Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. Let me hear it like you mean Amen. 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 The spirit of the Lord has been in the house this morning. Amen. I praise God for what the spirit has from the beginning. Done from beginning to where we are right now. Amen. Amen. Of course, I have to fool with the electronics right now. It is well. It is well. It is well. With, I don't know about you, but I, I can attest that it's well with my soul. It's well, it's well, it's well, it's well, it's well, it's well, it is well, it is well. Let me tell you something this morning. God knows your name. God knows your name. As I told you, we would be back with part two this morning, God knows your name. Let us pray. God, we do thank you for this hour. There you allow us to stand before your people with a message that we believe has come from on high. God, take Iantha out of Iantha and take Keith out of Keith and allow us to be the vessels that you have given to serve you, Father to deliver your word to a waiting congregation. For those who are on our lines of communication outside of the church, God, we ask you to bless them, keep them. We ask you to bless those who are inside of the church. For those who will hear this message later on, Father, in the week, who will be blessed by you, God, we ask that you touch them in a special way. Now bless this word as we give it according to what we believe you have said to us. In Jesus' name we do pray. And I say amen. So people of God, when God changes your name, it means that something new has happened. Or it will happen in your lives. It will be new. It will be happening. And it'll happen in your lives. It'll change you. It will be a new relationship. It'll be a, a new character quality or a new phase of life. As I told you last week, if y'all give a few amens, uh, I was the only preacher last week, but the two of us will hurry up and get through and sit down for a few amens, just a few, just a few, just, just, a, just a little help. Little, little, little amen every now and then. Y'all forgive me, forgive me. Like your, like our theme, your new name, figuratively, Brother Allen, will be a name that will be changed for the better. Y'all know we have a theme going this year, change for the better. And so I hope you all are getting this already. I hope you're getting ready. Because last week we told you that uh, God changed Simon's name. To Cephas, 
And that's translated as Peter, which means rock. And we challenged you last week to, to be some rocks in here, didn't we? Oh, yeah, okay, I heard y'all, so that means you're paying attention. I love audience participation. So this week, we're going to tell you that not only does God know your name, he knows your name in times of trouble and times of trials and trials and tribulation. He, he knows your name in financial distress. Anybody ever had any financial distress? You don't have to raise your hand because I can raise it for you. I can raise it for you. He knows your name in times of sickness. Pain, heartache, and rain. I put them all together because that's what happens. It feels like when you get sick and you're hurting, the rain is falling and it's falling and it's falling. It's cold rain. It's nasty rain. It's something that's hurting you over and over again. But let me tell you something. God knows your name, not just in the bad times, but if you've been trusting him, he knows your name when you're in good health. He knows your name when you're in good times. And God knows your name when you are in interesting times. Anybody had any interesting times in here? Depends on how you define it, but interesting can be very interesting. Amen, somebody. And because he knows what's coming, he can change your name in preparation. For the great things that he will do for you. I know you want the name of prosperity. But you must get the name that he wants you to have. I know you want the name that says you're the top gun. But you got to have the name that he wants you to have. Some of us want to be the greatest of all time. We want that name. But we have got to have the name that God wants us to have. I hope I got some witnesses out there. I like to check to make sure we're in this right church. Where everybody can have a little piece of the pie. Amen, amen, amen. Your new name, your new name, your new name. Your new name. Your new name has to come about by God's special reason. And we who will receive it must have a special appreciation for the work of God. And we must have a special appreciation for the will of God. I hope you're hearing me. That means that we must say yes to his will, Sister Benita, and test uh, uh, and, and see and, and feel his way and let his plans for our future Sister Kemper work in our lives in other words we just got to let God have his way we have got to let him have his way and if he has his way he will change us for the better this is clearly identified in some of God's name changes in the Bible. You see, Abram was changed from Abram to Abraham. So he could go from to, uh, being what he was to the high father or the father 
of many. Sarai, his wife, was changed to Sarah so she could go from a name meaning my princess to mother of many nations. And Jacob, who was called the heel, the supplanter and the manipulator, well, well God changed his name to Israel mm. so he could be the one he who has the power of God. So I got a question for you. And you know, audience participation. How about you today? Because we came to tell you that God has a name for you. He knows it already. Even if you haven't received it yet, God has a name for you. Did you hear me? So listen, God has a name for you. But you have to do what's necessary to receive it. You have to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if uh, you had a name before. It doesn't matter how ugly it was before. It doesn't matter if it was Mr. or Mrs. Unloved. It doesn't matter if it was Mr. or Mrs. Untrusted. It doesn't even matter if you had a current name of Auntie and Uncle Unlikable. I know we talked about nicknames last week, Sister Pookie. Y'all who don't know that, she's waving her hand. Because that was one nickname I didn't know for years, and I've known her for years. And, and when they said Pookie, I was like, my goodness. <laughs> but previous names doesn't matter now. What matters is what is your new name in God. You see, your old name could have been sister or brother unappreciated or, or more dirty or uglier names that we mentioned uh, or, or can't mention from this pulpit. But because you have been touched by God, you have been sanctified by God, and you've been blessed by God, you have a new name. But, but if you don't know, Preacher's coming in a minute, not me. Uh, but if you don't know, I hope that you know now, know that you know that you'll know that you know that your name is with Jesus. And with him, you have a new name. Just like he did for Peter, transformed him by name. God will and can transform you by name. Your new name, your free name, your specialized name. God has a great name for you. God already has a new name picked out. And for God knows exactly what it is. Jesus knows your name. The Holy Spirit knows your name. God the Father knows your name. God knows your name. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad about it this morning. Ooh. Um, as we are embarking on this journey of looking at names and talking about God knowing our names, I want to tell you all a few things that we want to remember about a name. Our names are important because they are are uh, incredibly connected to our identity. 
Amen, amen, somebody. Uh, it's what people call you. They call you by your name. And it's what you answer to. You answer by your name. Uh, names carry what we consider deeply personal, cultural, familial, and historical connections. Uh, they also give us a sense of who we are, the communities in which we belong, and our place in this world. Amen, somebody. Uh, now, some of us are satisfied with the name that we have, but at the same time, Pastor Keith, uh, uh, there are some of us who've been waiting to hear that God has a new name for us. Uh, uh, sometime our, our name has been drugged through the mud. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, our name has been connected with a bad reputation. Uh, uh, you know what we used to be and, and what we used to do. It's uh, Our name is connected with past sins and the enemy, bless his heart, wants to hold you hostage to what you once were. Uh, I, I, but, 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 but somebody in here, when you found out that God had a new name for you, I bet it brought some joy uh, to your very soul. Uh, oh, come on and say amen in this house. Uh, uh, before before I, I, I get to the text, I, I want to ask you something and I want to tell you something. Uh, and that'll be my first point if you're taking score here. Our first point is this, um, is that God God will give you a new name. There's no surprise. We've been talking about that. But my question for you today is, uh, do you want it? Mm. I, I just... I just want to know, do you want it? Uh, uh, sometimes we're satisfied with where we are. We, we're satisfied with what they call us. We, we're satisfied uh, with the families that we're connected to, the communities that we're connected to. Uh, uh, but, 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 but can I just tell you this? Uh, we have here right now a, a but God moment in our midst. What you're what you talking about, lady preacher? Well, 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 well if you all uh, may uh, roll back the tapes of your mind, there was a song that B.B. Winans put out uh, and he put some words and a melody together uh, and he called it But God. Uh, and it reminded us of our, of our identity uh, and, and who we are. He says uh, that some of us were murderers uh, but God. He, he, he says we were backbiters uh, and street walkers. Uh, some of us were liars, Rico, uh, but uh, God. Uh, oh, some of us were haters. Uh, some of us were deceivers. Uh, some of us were street walkers, uh, drug abusers, and drug users. Uh, but his words went on to say, but by grace we are saved uh, because of him who rose from the grave. Uh, not a deed that we've done uh, to deserve the gift of a son. Yes, I know where I would be if he had not died for me. Come on, come on, BB. He says, but God. God, but God, but God. I told you we got a but God in our midst. It is the road of bondage and sin that you trod. Don't give up. So did I, but God. 
So trust in what I say for tonight. Uh, you can receive his love today. Uh, talking to somebody who needs Jesus. Uh, if you're here and you're lost, know that Jesus paid the cross. Uh, at the cross between two thieves. Ask him, Lord, remember me. But God. Oh, now this is the verse that sums it all up. He said, yes, I was lost in sin, but he changed me that I might. I would soon reach the prize. I must press ahead. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But God, oh, can we tell you all this morning and ask the question, do you, do you, does anybody here want their name to be changed? Can I tell you that our God sees you for who you can be, not for who you are right now. He loves you just the same, and his love won't leave us where we are, but his love is what? can make that change. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And so let me let me take a few moments here to talk to you all this morning from the text in the book of Revelation. And we know that is one of the books that you don't hear a lot of coming across our pulpits uh, these days. But I do want you to understand uh, that it is critical for us to know that this book, this book of the Revelation, is a book of Jesus Christ because it is from him and it is about him. All right, all right. It is a time-focused book that is primarily primarily future oriented. Amen. Amen. In every sense, come on somebody, revelation is the grand finale of scripture. Uh, it's the capstone of biblical revelation and it is the magnum opus of the prophets and the apostles. Uh, while, while, while I don't have time, Pastor Keith, to get too deep into the details of this amazing work, uh, but I want you to know that by its very name revelation it's it, it endeavors to unveil some stuff it will uncover some stuff so we can see some stuff some spiritual truths that are yet to come to pass if I talk to you about its literary genre you all understand genre you all know pop music and you all know rock and roll music you know gospel music those are all genres well, the Bible has its own genres as well. And, and the book of Revelation, if I could just teach for a minute here, is a book that's considered a hybrid. Uh, now you all know what a hybrid is. They're on the road. Uh, uh, they burn gas and they run off electric. Uh, it's a hybrid. It's more than one way to get the power that it needs. Uh, well, can I tell you that in the book of Revelation, it has a few genres. Uh, it's apocalyptic, all right? Uh, what am I talking about? Uh, it, it has the use of symbolisms. Uh, you see numbers and, and, and you see these creatures that John speaks about uh, that we say, what in the world is he talking about? Uh, the book is prophetic uh, as most of it refers to those events uh, that are in the future. Events, 
events that have yet to take place. Uh, and we also consider it epistolatory. What am I meaning? It has seven epistles uh, or it has seven letters uh, that are written to the churches of Asia Minor, which is present day Turkey. Ah, it would be, it would be, it would be, Pastor, uh, it would be irresponsible of me as a theologian if I didn't tell you uh, this about Revelation and, and what John has written here. My brothers and sisters, listen to me. What John has written here is rooted in the distinctive background and the current events at the end of the first century church uh, uh, in Asia Minor. In other words, he is speaking to what was happening uh, in the communities uh, where the seven churches were located. Uh, why am I telling you this? Because we look at that book uh, and we feel it's confusing uh, and we're not sure which end is up. Uh, but what John is hearing, uh, he's writing verbatim, uh, word for word. But what he sees in his own mind he must describe uh, using his own thoughts amen 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 uh, this entire document is written to these congregations uh, and guess why they wrote it guess why guess why they wrote it uh, because he wanted to give them hope uh, do we stand? Do we stand in a place right now where we could use some hope? Uh, do we, we do we stand in a place right now where we could use God's help? Uh, so so when we interpret revelation, we must look for meanings that the first century Christian in Asia Minor would have understood. look at it and so our first scripture that I read for our hearing came from Revelation 2 and 17 and John has written to one of the churches the church at Pergamum Pergamum uh, was a a mighty powerful place it was a mighty powerful place. Uh, Pergamum was a city where uh, it is described in in the text where it says that Satan sat on his throne you ever been to a place, you ever been to a city where it looked like Satan was sitting on his throne? Uh, really, really, what they're telling you is this was uh, the headquarters for satanic opposition. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, it was a place where there was lots of false religions. Uh, uh, there was all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, and, and you know what was what was interesting about Pergamum is that they did have a faithful remnant. Uh, I bet they had a refuge over there. Oh, God, somebody. Uh, uh, there were some faithful folks in the crowd, uh, meaning that they did have some good stuff going on, Brother CJ. Uh, but Jesus still had some complaints because uh, they worshiped idols um, and they were involved in sexual sin uh, because of their willingness to compromise on that word of God. Uh, has anybody ever seen any compromising in 21st century living uh, where people compromise on the word of God? Uh, oh, they tell you one thing, but they live in something else. Uh, oh, they say hallelujah in the church, but when they get home, uh, they're a whole different creature. Oh, my, my, my. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and so. 
so because of the compromise uh, it was causing people to stumble uh, and the word of God has already taught us uh, that we should not cause others uh, to stumble God, God was not pleased. He was not pleased uh, with what was happening in the church at Pergamum. Uh, 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 and so he says to the people in chapter 2 and verse 16, you've got to repent. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, 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 you got to repent. Uh, the second scripture that I read for your hearing is taken also from the letter to the church of Philadelphia. Uh, this is the, 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 the church in, in Revelation 3 and 12 where we pick up that text because we know that it was the only church uh, that God did not rebuke. Uh, uh, he says that the church uh, was obedient, that church was faithful, and the church was visibly blessed. Uh, they were committed to living out the gospel uh, even though they were in the midst uh, of anything goes. You all ever been in the midst uh, of anything goes where people do anything that they say that they want to do, anything that they feel like they big enough and bad enough to do well that is what was going on around them but the church of Philadelphia stayed true to the word of God in other words in other words this was a positive letter that was written to that church and I said it like this if if John was able to to send a text message to the church of Pergamum it would be full of emojis with thumbs up or it would be full of emojis with all of those hearts and it would be full of emojis with smiling faces. Uh, this was the church. Uh, this was the church that you wanted to take notes from. Uh, if you wanted to be like another church, uh, you better learn to be like the church at Philadelphia. Oh yes, uh, Jesus says to the church of Philadelphia, I know the things you do uh, and guess what? I've opened a door for you that no one can close. Oh my, 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 my. He says, but you have little strength uh, yet you obey my word and you've not denied me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus had good stuff, uh, good stuff to say to the church at Philadelphia. But let me tell you quickly our second point. Uh, now that you have heard what Jesus said about Pergamum and Philadelphia. And so that brings us to the second point, uh, which is when God changes your name, he adds his promise. Oh, God. You see that church, the church of Pergamum, uh, the church of Pergamum, uh, when they turned from their sin and turned to God, hallelujah, God promised them hidden manna. Oh, what you're talking about? Uh, who wants hidden manna? Well, you want hidden manna when you know what hidden manna is. Uh, uh, it is that true spiritual bread uh, that an unbelieving world could not see. Uh, oh, we got some unbelieving world right now uh, because that true manna, uh, that hidden manna that was hidden in the heaven was the promise of Jesus. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but that just makes me want to holler. Oh, yes. Uh, Give me some hidden manna. Anybody here this morning uh, need some hidden manna in the form of Jesus the Christ? Uh, the second, the second, the second promise. Uh, we got a promise of some hidden manna. And then the second promise is he says uh, he will give them a white stone. A white stone. A white stone. What do what I need a white stone for? What about a, a brown one? Some black ones, uh, some gray ones, some 
what I got to need a white stone for? Well, well, the white stone, let me, let me just help you understand here. The white stone was uh, given to athletes when they played the games as a part of their prize. Uh, you know, you, you, you know how you go up and you stand there and you, and you, and, and you, and you look all cute and stuff because you just won the race and you just won the battle or whatever else and they give you the prize, put the rope around your neck and give you a little uh, a medal and all of that. And so then they uh, give you as a part of the prize a white stone. And when you had the white stone in your hand, it served as a ticket. Your white stone was like a ticket, Minister Matt. And so what that would do is that you show your white stone and you could get into the after party. It allowed you into the, to the winner's circle. Varel, uh -huh. it, it, it allowed you to get with and hobnob with the muckety mucks and, and, and all the people uh, uh, that were important. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as they call them bay, way, in the British time, the big wigs. Uh -huh. it, it helped you to get back to, to get the backstage pass. Amen. Uh huh. Uh huh. And, and so you could see what was really going on. But can I can I fast forward to to, to what's going to happen for us? For us, I'm talking about us. Now. Now, the white stone would be your ticket for being an overcomer. Oh, I know I got two or three overcomers in the house. And it would be the overcomer to do that eternal victory party in a place called heaven. Oh, I want me a white stone. I need a white stone. On top of that, you would get not just a stone, but you get your new name when you got your new stone. Oh, God. And on the stone, he would inscribe your name. He would put your new name on it. In other words, your new white stone with your new name would be your personal access and all-inclusive pass to heaven. Absolutely, absolutely. As I'm teaching you, I want you to understand that this is all symbolic. It's symbolic. It's symbolism. It's symbolism. I don't want y'all to go up and see, uh, get to heaven one day and say, well, my pastor said I would get a stone. I get a white stone. Where my stone? Where my white stone? It's symbolic. It's symbolic. Um, I told you it's apocalyptic literature, and it has to be understood in the way it was written. So it's an image. It's an image. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, get, 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 get your eyes, get your head, get your heart around it. It's an image. It's an it's a image of you, of you, of you getting to the very end and, 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 and getting through life and having that intimate and that, that personal, uh, that cherished communion with the Father. Uh, because why? Because you stayed the course. We know it gets mighty hard. We know it gets mighty rough. We know the going gets tough. We know there's many dark days, but you still got to press on and finish the course and finish your race. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, at the end, at, and to the church, that was to the church of Pergamum. Let me tell you something else, to the church of Philadelphia. That church, I told you, was already obedient. It was already blessed. It was already faithful. But he says, he who overcomes will be like a pillar. 
you all know, you all, you all, you all know, uh, pillars are upright structures. Ah, they made of stone, maybe some marble. Ah, they're structures that often support. Amen. They they can be used as supporting structures. I remember. I remember. When, when Pastor Keith and I built a, a, a house in Edgewater, that was one of the things that we asked for on the front were, were the pillars that held the portico over top of the house. And when you drove up, one of the first things that you saw was the pillars uh, that were standing there uh, and, and, and even on the inside uh, we found uh, some pillars uh, that we liked that, that would stand up and, and they made a statement uh, uh, when onlookers uh, uh, would come in or even uh, for us uh, to, 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 to enjoy it uh, see pillars uh, uh, when we use them they are strong uh, pillars are, are adorable uh, 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 for those of us uh, who remember Remain. I'm talking about all of us. Come on now. Come on. Those of us who remain faithful to the task. Those of us who are able to hold on through the night. Those of us who are able to press toward the mark of the high call in Jesus. The book says that you will be pillars in the temple of God in the new Jerusalem. I'm trying to paint a picture for you because you got a lot to look forward to. I don't want you to stand here and look sad and be sad. You got something to look forward to. You gonna have a pass all the way for glory, for eternity. You can get behind the gates and see what's going on. He said you gonna be a pillar. You gonna be supported. Somebody, somebody, somebody. Somebody need to understand. Somebody got to understand what this new Jerusalem is all about. You see, I I need you to understand that that this metaphorical language, he's not going to have you standing there holding up the building. It's metaphorical language for a firm grounding. You'll be a firm grounding. Because Revelation 21 and 22 already told us that there will be no temple in the new Jerusalem. But you're going to be the physical temple. You see, that was good news. That was real good news for the Philadelphians. Because, see, they lived in a part of the city which carried a lot of earthquakes. And you know what happens when earthquakes come? They shake. They shake the building. They shake foundations. And they knock down pillars but in the new Jerusalem you gonna be standing on a firm foundation hallelujah you gonna be the pillar that stands firm and stand strong upon the name of Jesus you see the new name in biblical times was significant and we already told you because it spoke to your character I'm almost done but for us when the scripture says that Christ will place his name on us guess what it means come on somebody it means that we are being imprinted we're being stamped we're being marked oh God with his identity 
identifying character that we belong to him. Ain't nobody gonna get us mixed up with the wrong crowd anymore. Ain't nobody gonna think that we come from the evil side of the tracks. Nobody gonna say that they belong to Satan because we'll be marked. We'll be imprinted a new name and a new character. Guess why? Because he already decided to set us apart, anointed and appointed to be with Jesus. God will give you a new name. It'll be a name that only you gonna know. Hallelujah. You won't have it on your t-shirt. You won't put it on your tags on your car. It'll be a car. It'll be a name that only you will know. And you're gonna inherit it by the very name of God. And you're gonna get it in the new Jerusalem. I'm almost done. So I, I asked you already. I, I told you God gonna give you a name. I told I asked you, did you want a name? Then I told you that when he give you a name, he gonna give you some promises with the name. But I'm also gonna tell you that when you get your new name, he gonna give you his new nature. Oh God. Oh God, y'all about to get fixed up now for real, for real. Oh, it's gonna be on right about now. You see, when God knows your name. And he bestows it upon you. There was a writer named Heather Evans. She said that after you receive your new name, the people going to know that God controls your life. Why? Because you're going to take on the nature of Christ. You're going to love one another like you love Jesus. Oh, yes, you will. He said, she says that God is going to know you even more intimately. And he's going to love you totally. He says that God going to have a specific work. Anybody here want a specific work? Hallelujah. And it's going to be just for you. God, God desires to move you, church, out of your past into a greater future designed by his hand. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited on this Sunday morning to know that my God has something just for me. God does know your name, church. Oh, yes, he will. And he's going to change it when you overcome the challenges of this old world. When he changes it, he's going to give you the promises that only my God can give. An eternal past with eternal access and with your new name. He's going to give you that new nature. He has total control over your life. No longer do you do what you want to do. Ah, and he's going to set you apart. Place you on a path for greater and future greatness. Do you want Jesus to give you a new name? Anybody here? Let me see you clap your hands. Let me see you put your hands together. God knows your name. I just want to make sure you want it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo, Jesus.